gather round, gather round, join us for a spell. There is magic to be found, and stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meat, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm dead. I almost just forgot my own name. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Everything's going great. (laughs) It's that kind of a day, (laughs) y'all. Hey, we are, I, if it's okay, we're going to jump right in. I just found out, this is a great way to jump right in. I just found out that I have credits on my Kindle account and I can get the first book for free. Oh my gosh. I'm going to just go ahead and do that now. And what are we talking about? We're talking about practical magic. Practical magic. That's right. All those witches. So I want to start with what begins can end. What is done can be undone. What is sent in the world comes back to you three times over from Alice Hoffman. The Book of Magic, which is the sequel to Practical Magic. It is the fourth book in the series, and it comes out on October 5th. And you can pre-order it in her link on Instagram, which I'm like going to do probably while Corey's talking at some point. So we're talking about the witches of Practical Magic. And this is our part two in our Witches in Media series. Yes, it is. And, and so... Alice Hoffman is the book writer, and she wrote Practical Magic first back in 1995. And then she wrote... Is it The Rules of Magic? there. The Rules of... And then she wrote The Rules of Magic in 2017, Magic Lessons in 2020, which... Those are prequels. The the 2017 is a prequel. It's about the ants. Just a heads up. I'm not going to be talking about the books at all. Yeah, and I will. I've only seen the movie. <laughs> well, which is what most people are here for, let's be honest. Come on. And the prequel is Magic Lessons. And here's the thing. Let's just jump right in. So Corey's only seen the movie. Yes. I saw the movie when it came out back in 1995, and I loved it. And then I found out there was a book. Or I guess it came out in 1998. Yeah. I was 10. Yeah. I was and 10. You were Can you 10. imagine how formative this movie Ooh. was for 10-year-old weirdo me? Oh, so good. Dudes. So good. Dudes. Yeah. Well, I was 20. Well, that's the year I came. That's the year I discovered I was a witch. Anyway, I loved the movie. I loved it and I happened to have a huge ass crush on Sandra Bullock and <laughs> and Aiden Quinn quite frankly and I'm in love with Stalker Channing so oh me too me too oh god that woman and and then I read the book and I hated it sorry Alice sorry I was young and stupid <laughs> I was and then I was like you know what I grew up and 20 years later, it was like, I really need to give the book another chance. And now, of course, I love the book as much as the movie. I would love to say more than, well, there are parts of it I actually do love more than the movie. There's a couple of movies where it's tricky. Like yeah. um, the the other Sandra Bullock one with Ashley Judd and... Oh, uh, Sisters of the Yacht. Si- Divine oh. Secrets of the Yacht Sisterhood. Oh That's my one of God. the ones where the movie and the book, I was like, I actually think I like the movie. Yeah, I love the movie. Uh, and that cast is so absolutely good. freaking amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so so it was formative for you. 
Do you remember seeing it? Did you oh, see it in yeah. the movie theater? I don't think I saw it in the movie theaters, but we got it <laughs> when it came out on VHS. Uh, we got it from mm-hmm. Blockbuster <laughs> uh, and then immediately bought it um, because it was so good and we watched it a billion times. My mom and I love that movie. Yeah. And my sister too, but it's more, it's not, I mean, I'm sure she loves that movie, but my mom, my mom and I watched it a lot together. Yeah. yeah. I know my daughter, one of my daughters really loves it. We were talking about it and we went over for her birthday uh, last week for dinner and the music was on in the background. Yeah, yeah. I watched this recently. Again, yeah, it's one of the ones that has replayability for me forever. It doesn't make me cringe in the way that a lot of stuff that I loved young when mm-hmm. I was younger does. It holds up pretty beautifully, yeah, like The Breakfast Club. Yeah, mm, it sad. makes me, <laughs> it makes me angry in different ways. Um, it does. It really does because of things that, um, I now as a grown human being in a woman body, <laughs> um, oh yeah, it yeah. makes me so mad. So tell me, what drew you? What drew you to these women? What do you... Because... We are a Sandy Bullock household. We're a Nicole Kidman household. I love... And I do love Nicole. Like we, And we are a Stockard Channing household because I was Stockard. deeply obsessed with Grease when I was younger. Me too. I wore out the VHS watching Grease. Oh, man. Um, and so my mom has got a huge crush on Aiden Quinn. So it was something for everybody. He was in... The original movie of The Handmaid's Tale. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Those eyes. I'm sure he played a those real eyes, SOB because all eyes. the men in those. Nope. No. Did he play? He the... was the good guy. He was the one good yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, it was. Because he, he had a real like blue eyed cowboy situation, which my mom's a sucker for. So. Yeah. Uh, But I think that what drew me to watching it over and over again was like like how powerful these women were. Mm-hmm. But I think that the one dynamic that really drew me in as I got older, like I, I mean, even when I was younger, but especially as I got older was uh, the relationship between the aunts. Mm-hmm. There's a seriousness about them that you don't see until it's necessary. And until then there's something so sweet and calm and kind and fun about yeah. them. But the fact that they are soft does mm-hmm. not mean that they should be pushed right and there was something about that that i recognized even when i was very little and i was like that's i want that to be me and stockard's line it's a distinct smell of bullshit yeah she <laughs> she calls out she calls out nonsense yeah she I totally so does important. but i also think it's one of those good for her movies oh yeah in the sense that like do i condone murdering an abusive boyfriend not in real life because that murder is wrong but in a fictional story <laughs> this guy good for her and, and can we do it well let's talk about that for a moment they it was an accidental yes i mean come on yeah uh, the first time uh, yeah the first time <laughs> did you kill him yeah yeah a couple, couple times, times. <laughs> Because, and it's it's exactly what um, Sally says, is like, should I really go to jail because the world is like mm-hmm. less a man like James Angelo? Who'd killed three women already. Yeah. And, yeah. and also on the same side, like, um, Gary is also right. Like, you don't yeah. get to make that, like, we don't get to make that call. And, but at the same time, it's like, well, <laughs> I did, so. Which, by the way, spoiler, the book is different. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, I literally just downloaded it to my Kindle library. So, yeah. 
Uh, but I, I remember thinking, like, I was captivated by this, like, East Coast lobster town. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that's very foreign to me because I grew up in Pacific Northwest. Uh, so, like, movies like Mystic Pizza, Practical yeah. Magic, I'm very much, like... That's fascinating. May we talk about that irony for a moment before we move on? Sure. From from that uh, where it it where it was filmed, which was Coopville, yeah. Washington, over on the island, mm-hmm. and in San Juan, um, uh, Friday, uh, San Juan Island, yeah. just up from Friday Harbor, and they built the shell of the house on a cliff, which is sadly no longer there. Yeah. I wish they'd left it. I want that house. I see that meme all the time that says what she actually wants is a practical yeah. magic house, and girls it's true. Girls don't want boys. Girls want the house for practical magic. <laughs> yeah. I totally want that house yeah. so badly, and I want it on San Juan Island. Yeah, no but, kidding. But yeah, they filmed it here in the Northwest. Oh, you know... Back when Washington was actually a viable film state and before everything moved up to Vancouver or down to Portland, yes, Detta is still bitter and still will be forever. Pretty salty about it. Yeah. And it was gorgeous. There was something about that like small little town. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a small town. It wasn't as insulated as that. but um, mm. And just these powerful women who were an example of the fact that powerful women are despised. Yeah. Even and spat upon even and lovely and lovable yeah. and doing so much good which which you're which yeah and you would think after 300 years they would come up with a better you would rhyme. think <laughs> uh but that is i think what drew me to it and yeah well after i got past the actors and was totally into the witchcraft and was totally into the stevie nicks and all the music mm. all of the music Can we talk about the song crystal by stevie oh. nicks it's one of my favorite songs of all time and when i'm having a really bad brain day and i need to calm down i sing it to myself is that right mm-hmm. i love that i love that song and i love i love nowhere and everywhere oh yeah um you know my heart fell out of my pocket and mm-hmm. into the gutter i the and the joni mitchell oh oh, oh I yeah could drink a piece of you. And you know, Prince does a cover of that song. Oh, it's beautiful. I just, so the soundtrack is awesome. This kiss, this kiss. It is also just like the craft. It is a beautiful timestamp of a very specific time in the nineties. It really like is. The satiny slip dress and the low, low, low rise jeans. Oh, and right. like the corset vest tops and the long hair with the bangs. Like it's, it, you look at it and it's like, it's a good time capsule. You know exactly what time it's from. Yeah, You really do. <laughs> yeah. And, and yet, and yet it holds up. And I think it holds up, Court. Did you almost call me Courtney? I did. That's fine. It happens to me a lot. Wow. Where'd that come from? It's because I'm thinking about Courtney Weber. It is. Who's going to come on the show? Woo-hoo. Woohoo. Anyway, I think one of the reasons that it holds up so well is because of what you said about the powerful women. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's also why the books are so amazing and... It's writing, she, Alice writes all the way back to Maria and yeah. before in Magic Lessons. A real quick list of the women, the Owens women, Sally, Jilly, Aunt Frances, Aunt Jet, short for Bridget, Antonia, Kylie, Maria, Hannah, but now I'm going into spoiler land, so I'll stop. But she's written a lot of sisters and their dynamics. Yeah, I also think it's important that the sister dynamic of Jilly and Sally because they aren't always roses. Yeah. And, well, and in the book, that's especially true. But, like, I think it's important because, like, I love my sister very, very much. 
Mm-hmm. But like sometimes we don't get along. And I remember we used to have arguments when I was a kid. And one time she narked on me for saying shit and I got grounded. <laughs> and that wasn't very nice of her. But I've also probably <laughs> done just as shitty of things to her. <laughs> and so like the bond between your sibling, if that's that kind of relationship, is very strong. But it doesn't mean it's always good. But it does mean that like when somebody is in a tight spot like Jilly got, you come in and you help. I think after the opening with Maria, some of the first magic we see is the blood magic between the sisters. Yeah. And we see what you're saying, that they're together and come together for each other all the time throughout the movie. Yeah. Here's the other thing that I really love. Mm -hmm. Alice Hoffman does a really good job of staying true to her book without letting the movie influence it when she went back and wrote the prequels, which I really appreciate yeah. and there's stuff that we don't know in the movie that we then find out that totally still jives with the film yeah what i love so much is the real magic that alice put into this and that the screenwriters absolutely i think did a very good job of capturing and keeping in the book itself they didn't shy away from the fact that these women were persecuted they didn't yeah. shy away from the fact that these women had powerful magic that could that works yeah. that could hurt people what kind uh, of magic do i do i sell soaps and bath oils and shampoo and there we have an example of herbalism yeah. and how we can apply everyday mundane habits or Activities that we have to do and make them magical or imbibe them with magic. And I love that line, too. Yeah. And by the way, the preview, the trailer is different than the cut that makes it into the yeah. film where she talks about it's not all potions and spells. Yeah. And it's not. No. It's so much more, which is why. A lot of magic is the theater of the mind. <gasps> right? Yeah. It's so true. I love that. Yeah. What did somebody in TikTok call it? Spicy psychology. Hmm. <laughs> well, what is shadow work? Exactly. You I know? just think the phrase spicy psychology yeah. is very good. Shadow work, looking at parts of yourself that you don't necessarily appreciate or want to look at and again not a substitute for therapy everybody witchcraft is not a substitute <laughs> for therapy please go to your therapist but when you're ready to look at those from a healthy standpoint using that power they're powerful it's power it it is all that shadow work is all power and i love the fact that these women don't shy away from that the film doesn't shy away from that and alice hoffman the writer in the books does not shy away from that and i feel like having read all three books she goes deeper and deeper each time Mm -hmm. so backwards chronologically in incorporating more magic, actual spell work, mm-hmm. actual spells, actual correspondences. She talks about the Jewish cabal yeah. in magic lessons. Mm-hmm. And I I just love the fact that she incorporates all of that into the world and, and shares that magic with us in yeah. fictional form. And as a child, because like I said, I was 10 when this came out. Um... And me and uh, I'm sure other kiddos that were like me were like, 
I'm going to figure out how to blow on a candle and make it lighter. Oh, right. I'm going to figure out how to spin a spoon without touching it. Like it made it made me believe that I had the capacity to be powerful like that, which I think is powerful in itself. Like that is humongous to show children that they have the potential for mm-hmm. incredible power mm-hmm. to use it in a responsible way because I'm sure like in the craft, for example, yeah. which we will talk about in great depth, there's more there's more of a if you look deep, there's kind of an agenda that shows that these girls weren't responsible enough to have this power, which makes it appear dangerous. Right. Right. Whereas in practical magic, it's like, be careful. Yeah. But like, don't shut yourself off or sell mm-hmm. yourself short and everything could be possible for you. I love the fact that unlike craft and unlike Willow, when Mm -hmm. we talk about when things go horribly wrong, (laughs) these women don't shut off from it. They just go, "Okay, we made a mistake. Now now let's see if we can do better or not. Some of the characters don't do better in the prequels. But there's also like Sally, her whole shit is like, I don't want to be this. She wants to be normal. And like one of my favorite quotes from Practical Magic, (laughs) my darling girl. When are you going to realize that being normal is not necessarily a virtue? It rather denotes a lack of courage. Aunt Frances, practical magic. And oh, how I love Stockard Channing's voice saying that, and I know you do too. Anyway. And you mentioned children, so I want to talk, just if we could, about Mm -hmm. Kylie and Antonia. Yeah. Which, in the book, we we see a lot more of them. We watch them or and read about them coming of age and coming into their own power as well as these women, yeah. teenagers to older teenagers. And there's a, I really, I know they've been out for a while, but I really just don't want to ruin anything for you. So read Practical Magic. And there's something powerful going on there. But they, in the movie, come totally reverse them. So the redhead in the book is Antonia, Antonia, mm-hmm. is that right? Am I saying it right? Yeah. And the dark-haired one is Kylie. Mm-hmm. The, the screenplay made some interesting, weird choices sometimes, too. Yeah. And, you know, there's also... I like the exploration, too, of of uh, Kylie being like, why doesn't Mommy do this? Yeah. Like, why is she... like? Because we learn by example, and mm-hmm. so to see... To live in a, in a home where the matriarchs are are practicing and your own mother is like afraid or ashamed or like that's such an incredible dynamic to me too because i don't know it makes it's a good exploration of stigma mm, i think mm-hmm. and and how we learn what is what is quote unquote shameful and how do we overcome that yeah. as children who've been taught that mm-hmm. in order to come into our own power because yeah. for example like people who are assigned female at birth like they grow up learning and knowing only shame oh about so their much bodies. shame folks assigned male at birth grow up knowing only shame about their feelings mm-hmm. and i'm obviously i am generalizing but how do we navigate that sense of shame that the world is trying to make us feel whatever it's for or about and how do we come out the other side of that more self-assured stronger more powerful better people and i think that shame comes from a fear of power 
Totally. And that is, I, I mean, absolutely against uh, the genders and the, the craft legacy deals mm. with that shame for men as well. By the, and again, we'll talk about that at another time. But when you are shaming somebody because you want their power, when or, you are yeah. making them you know, feeding them this lie that they are less than, and we see that all over the place, then yeah, how do, how does one overcome that? And I think that magic, as far as my magic and these books and this film has informed me, it has taught me and, and informs my magic mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, I need to keep talking to my brain. Definitely. And, and that's hard for people with ADHD and <laughs> anxiety and executive function disorder and stuff. Yeah. But we can do it. There are ways to do it. And we might not always be successful. But that's yet another lesson that practical magic gives us that uh, we can take with us that we know thyself, love thyself, heal thyself. Own your own power, the dynamic of power that we have with ourselves. I think that's a really great lesson that we can apply to our witchcraft and our practice. That is something we have to learn how to claim. Yeah. And to speak to that power dynamic, I think, in the movie as well, is to literally take people's power by taking their life. Mm-hmm. And and what that kind of abusive relationship can do to a woman who is powerful but insecure mm-hmm. because Jillian is incredibly insecure and part of that in the movie at least is due to the fact that she never felt like she was on par with her sister or like whatever it was she didn't want to live in this tiny town she had to get out and I saw myself in that person yeah because I grew up in a small town that I did not enjoy I think the other thing that happened and this wasn't imposed on her by the ants mm-hmm is that they knew what her gifts were and her gifts were in her sexuality. Yeah, and that's how dare. Yeah, Yeah. right? How dare you? And not just because she was beautiful, but because I I feel like it's, although Nicole Kidman Kidman is is gorgeous. Stunning. Yeah, but Janis Joplin, same thing. She had this magnetism and this power Mm -hmm. in her sexuality and by modern standards or the times of even the 60s was not considered a beautiful woman, but she had that power in her sexuality and that confidence and And that scares people. And if you can't control it. Yeah, we talked about this in The Broom episode about sexuality being oh yeah something to mm-hmm. stamp down particularly in uh women and femmes yeah. and feel like you are behind mm-hmm. of your incredibly adept sibling because mm-hmm. your power is going to manifest when you're older yeah and then to then become <sighs> older and have those powers manifest and you not have the responsibility to control them or direct them or handle them and then getting into this horrible situation which was not her fault oh way not but like she needed her big sister in that moment and and i think that whether we whether you like to think about it or not there is a a a pinpoint of resentment in among all of the love Mm mm-hmm it doesn't have to necessarily color color the entire relationship, but there will yeah. there is always like a tiny you had this and I didn't. Yeah, that is when you read the book, and if you've all out there read the book with Antonio and Kylie, 
they have that sibling rivalry, the dynamic and power dynamic between them mm-hmm. and when it shifts and how um, how Sally and Jilly are involved in that shift for mm. them. And then something that they experience together that they don't share with their moms that are mom and aunt that uh, moms. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a lot that, of moms in that yeah. house. <laughs> that changes mm-hmm. their life and changes their relationship to their own magic and changes their relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's Antonia, not Antonio. Antonia and Kylie, it's kind of this, it incorporates this sad rite of passage that a lot of us go through as women that turns into power. There's this transformation and witches have that power. Well, women have that power. Lots of people have that power, but witches use that power. And I love that Alice included that in the book with this next generation and how they're going to deal with it differently than their mom dealt with it or even how their aunts the great aunts deal with it or how their aunt aunt deals with it they just they have a different sisterly thing that we've seen in previous generations it's awesome (laughs) and i think that it takes i think it takes a long time to find the kind of balanced relationship that jet and um francis aunt francis Francis and Jet. So it takes, I think it takes a lifetime of working together, living together, living apart, like figuring out who you are to find that kind of companionship and balance. Yeah. Um, because these are also women who have dealt with terrible, terrible loss. They lost their sister. They lost their husbands. They lost, they lost probably their, their mothers to this thing and to have that kind of bond I think comes after all of that loss and that right there this lineage that Alice Hoffman has written let's take us all the way back to Maria Owens again I don't want to ruin anything for you because I really want people I, I really encourage you to read the books there's some powerful actual magic in these books book club I'll read uh, practical magic you yeah. all let me know how you like it yeah totally but she has created this lineage of women who have been through and survived hardship I, I have to tell you I, I was telling Corey before we started recording magic lessons is really hard to read it infuriates <laughs> me if I'd had it in book form when I first heard it because I listened first uh, and the book came later I probably would have thrown it across the room several times and there was a section that I have to skim it because it just it gets to the pit of my stomach a lot of it gets to the pit of my my stomach but it's a great origin story Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful about how we find out about their inherited magic but we also meet somebody who is doesn't have inherited magic who is just as magical and powerful and her name is hannah owens and i won't say anything else because you find out something about a quarter of the way into the book that will totally and forever put new shed new light on all of these characters all the way down and i cannot wait for the new book i would say when it comes to what in the movie you could easily assimilate into your practice Mm -hmm. and what is something that maybe would be harmful to assimilate into your practice. I think that 
care with herbs. Yeah, that belladonna shit. Belladonna is poisonous. Yes, it and is. And the difference between a medicine and a poison is what, fam? The dose. So do not be so... Talk to your doctor. Talk, talk to, to your a doctor. professional herbalist. Like, talk, like, do not just start growing things and eating them unless they're tomatoes. Oh, please don't. Or potatoes or something. I think that is something that is something to be wary of but as far as like the other practices we see we see them journaling we see the grimoire which is gorgeous the grimoire which is beautiful and i've been jealous of it forever yeah fyi Mm -hmm. can we talk about that for just a moment yeah i don't know about all of you out there but when i journal and create new spells or when i copy older ones i write them in just like a regular journal and they're sloppy and stuff like that and then i have a performative grimoire yeah that i have fancy stuff in and some from other people like uh carol anzonetti some of her artwork and pages are in because i am not a an artist not a Uh, visual artist not a visual artist artist. and so that's a perform i call it my performative grimoire and i feel like i don't know if 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 they did that or not but they yeah. make it look really clean and beautiful and thick and gorgeous and i don't know if they've got scrap papers laying around oh but i'm certain they must yeah yeah but it, it was gorgeous they have stairs that are false stairs that oh lift God. up and have stuff hiding under them they definitely have like journal yeah. pages everywhere so beautiful but like you see sally writing in her mm-hmm. journal and creating a spell you see her writing a letter writing letters like the power of written words you see now granted it was before email this one was written before email but i personally but i don't like to email i don't either i like to send physical mail well yeah, yeah. i handwrite a lot of letters i i'm pen pals with my pen pals i correspond with my aunt linda oh right um because she lives far away and she doesn't get on her computer ever <laughs> there is something really powerful about that that's a and I think just, a little bit different and no judgment no. if you're using a computer but or printing stuff out. I no think judgment. that it's like a little spell because like the second they open the mailbox and see it, mm-hmm. they're immediately thrilled. Yeah. Like they're so happy and you've brought joy to somebody and you've shared information, which is a gift. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, I think, an actual DNA when you're writing a letter. There's like a code or a, a feeling that you pick up from seeing someone's actual handwriting. I think you can pick up emotions and how they were feeling at the time they wrote the letter. There's something really special about that non-sterile page. And I think it's fine, the stuff we write on computer, and then we can have uh, great spelling. I just personally think, I, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for that you get from a handwritten letter? There's an energy sharing for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, What else? Well, there are the love spells. The good one that Sally does. I'm going to be judgmental here for a couple moments, y'all. The good one because she doesn't try to win somebody specific. She just puts it out there. The questionable one, which the ants do for Sally at the beginning of the film to get her together with her first husband. And then, yes, major judgment coming here. The bad one that the ants do for the woman who comes and they kill the dove. And in the book... We'll talk about that in October. Major spoiler, because it's different and it's good. It's so good. Uh, there's other stuff, I'm sure. Oh, oh, oh. The the herbs, the soaps, her shop. It's an apothecary. And I think also the ritual of, like, 
cooking together and margaritas and... And something that I said I was going to talk about when we did our potions and spells episode and didn't. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about dumping stuff onto the ground. Oh, yeah. Yes. Making a potion that you then put into the ground or a witch jar, witch bottle. Again, be responsible. Don't put anything out that's bad for animals or bad for the planet. But there is something so powerful about creating magic that then you return to the earth to seal or to banish or to welcome. Yeah. I, it's so powerful. The elements are so powerful. Yeah. That's one of the things that the book does a little bit differently than the movie only kind of goes into is they only have so much time yeah i know oh but i heard before the pandemic and i hope this is still happening the prequel with the ants they're turning that into a series i thought on hbo i would like that yeah (laughs) and that's a lot of elemental magic happens in that when i say that there's more magic in the other books they're really read them everyone (laughs) fictionalized magic it's really awesome that you can apply to your practice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's the scene where they make the pancakes and the magic syrup. Right, that's a potion. And like the... but A banishing potion. But the power of sharing a meal. Like he comes in and flips pancakes and it's like, you're part of it now, bud. Yeah. <laughs> like if I ask you to cook with me mm. and we are cooking a meal together, that is something important to me. And I think that it's really cool how in in the movie there's moments of that shared experience i think kitchen magic is some of the most powerful magic you do it every day yeah and i know some of you probably don't cook but and even if you don't even if you're like a meal kit Mm -hmm. or a frozen dinner Mm -hmm. stir it yeah and you're doing it or bless it or bless it we you know and tammy and i have that song that we sing beforehand i love your guys (laughs) thank you you know it's uh, catchy yeah Well, there's a lot more magic we want to talk about, but we want to give you a chance to read the books because the next time we do this episode, they're going to be major spoilers. We are going to be talking about all of the women of the practical magic world and some spells and magic that Alice put in her prequels and maybe in this next book, if we've had a chance to read it, that we probably won't spoil because you probably won't have a chance to read that one. But we have to stop now or... We could talk about this all day. I want to go watch it. Well, what... Those of you who are into practical magic, I know. I want to, too, right now. Those of you who are into this and that... What do you use, if anything, from this? Have you tried to do the candle? Yeah. (laughs) Have you gone? And have you succeeded? And if you're a person who was born after 2000 and this escaped your realm of media somehow Mm. do yourself a favor please watch it watch it it is (laughs) one of the best movies from the 90s or uh, ever it's so good i love it it i'm gonna go watch it tonight (laughs) you've inspired me to watch it well i think that's all i have to say right now about the owens women i really want to revisit this after people have read the books and we'll do a big spoiler that we're going to talk about the books and and do some spoilers. And we'll probably do we'll probably do something closer to October when the book comes out. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. I want I am so excited. Yeah. I was looking up the link from to download to my Kindle 
I was like, oh, there's a fourth one. And Dad was like, what? what? <laughs> I knew she'd been talking about it, but I didn't know. And you know what? I used to go to her Instagram every single day. And I haven't been lately because life has just been busy. <sighs> and I won't make that mistake again because she is awesome. By the way, her Instagram page, so good. So good. There you go. I love you, Alice Hoffman. We love you, Alice Hoffman. <laughs> she has other books, too, outside of the practical oh, yeah, magic world, and they're really good. Yeah. She's prolific. a great writer. All right. Well, you want to throw up some sparks? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'll go first this week. Again, it's not magical related. My Much like the grab bag of the newsletter, uh, I just I picked the thing that I like this week. I found this guy on TikTok, and I now follow his Instagram as well. Uh, his name is Kevin James Thornton, and he basically, <laughs> you know who he is. <laughs> you would know him if I showed you him. He basically uses the voice effect that makes him sound like he's like an auto-tuned song. Yes. And he sings about his fundamentalist Christian church that he grew up in, and it's just like really funny because he... I didn't grow up in a fundamentalist Christian church. I just grew up going to churches and youth groups and stuff. But uh, he talks about things that I'm like, oh, no, like I relate. But he he did it in the he was like a teen in the 90s. So he's a little bit older than I am. And every once in a while, he'll say something totally whack and he'll go, well, you have to remember, it was the 90s. And it's just so funny. And his... And why does he use the autotune? Is that so people can't take his... It's just so he sounds like he's singing a song. Um, But he is so funny. And he just... He just... like wears a caftan and sings these funny songs and eats Doritos and talks about horrifying things that happened that are funny now because he's a grown up and it's just if you want to laugh your butt right off please go check out Kevin James on TikTok and I'll make sure to link his Instagram as well and it's not the same Kevin James that's on no Kevin James Thornton Yeah. yeah 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 cool yeah what about you I am throwing up anti-racism daily. I, oh, I subscribe to that newsletter yeah, every day. Yeah. They are really amazing. And if you are into magical activism, it's a great place to start. There are other places, too. Also, I kind of want to throw up my friend, Heather, which I think she'd be fine. I know she'll be fine. Her name is Heather Ward. So I'm going to throw up both of them. I know Heather Ward. Uh, yeah. I remember... Uh, Heather asked me early on in the days of Trump, where are you getting all your information? I said, I go to I go to Instagram all the time. I go yeah. to like and now she like far, far outdoes me. She f- has found so many places uh, for magical activism. And she's also a very out witch. I can say that because her Instagram says it. I, I just I want to encourage people I want to encourage fellow witches to practice magical activism. And right now, Pipeline 3 really needs oh, our help. And Line 3 needs attention and yeah. help. There are, yeah, go for it. Go for it, Corey. There are people trying to talk about it on TikTok. I know. And it's getting shut down. Yeah. Olivia, uh, the, uh, the Wonderlust witch yeah, who we've talked about before. Be loud. Yeah. She had hers taken down. I haven't checked mine. I did one yesterday with a cat on it. And I don't know if it's been taken down or not. 
I and I called out TikTok on it. I told him to stop. Yeah, it's trash, yeah. and indigenous voices are being shut down and silenced. Not to mention the other thing that's happening, and I am doing some magical activism around this, but also some physical mundane activism around this. There are creators of color and indigenous voices that dis. I guess there are Discord groups that are getting together, and they're choosing who to report and so they go on tiktok as a group and they report other tiktok creators and they get them banned and it's just awful and wrong and it's because tiktok is just using i I think facebook does the same thing they don't actually they just take the information and they don't actually go check it out. But I've they had must stuff taken down before that you? it didn't make any sense yeah, at all. It makes absolutely no sense. Except there's still a bunch of racist homophobic bullshit on there. Yeah. But it's it's a weird didn't mean to get off on this on Sparks, but you but know what? Since we're talking about magic, we're talking activism. about activism. Yeah. It, yeah. Be aware of the media you consume and yeah. be aware of what is being erased. Like we said yeah. uh, forty episodes ago, who is missing from the story yeah. and who benefits from that? Yeah, it's very important. And so if you see content creators on TikTok being silenced or put on um, like ban, look into why that's happening and see if you can help and see if you can help. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, Well, (laughs) until we see you next time. Dun, 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 dun. Dun 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 Be well. Harm none. And don't forget you are magic. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening, and we'd like to ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And to press the little plus sign on Spotify to add us to your episodes. You can also find us on iHeartRadio and just about anywhere where you listen to podcasts. But if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can email us at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter or just ask us questions and hang out. You can catch us on Twitter at bonfirebabble or on Facebook at bonfirebabblepodcast or on Instagram at bonfirebabblepodcast, which is where we spend most of our time. Yes. We are also... Hooray! On TikTok now at Bonfire Babble Podcast. Thank you, Corey. Woohoo! Woohoo. Uh, it's a little baby page right now, but we are recording things and putting them up. And our website will also start to have a lot more information, and that is bonfirebabble.com. You can also reach out to us in a more tangible way. We have a P.O. Box now, which is P.O. Box 16341. Seattle, Washington, 98116. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle. The Duwamish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.